0: Welcome to Super Talk, the podcast that scratches your superhero itch. Just two suburban dads nerding out over superhero stuff on the small screen and the big. Buckle up, people. Enjoy the ride.
1: Welcome to Super Talk, the weekly podcast dedicated to news and reviews of comic book media on the big and small screen. This is episode Number 21, I am your host, Brian Professor Pettison. With me, as always, is my illustrious co-host, Titanium Tony
0: Estrella. The Titanium One, how are you doing, brother? Uh, professor, take us to school. Um, I guess we're legal now. We're 21. 21. We are we are, we are legal to drink. So, to toast to 21, brother. Thank Cheers.
1: you. Awesome. And we're spending a lot of time with a lot of people who aren't legal to drink uh, during... Um, graduation party season
0: graduation party season
1: baby i love it congrats to all the grads it is a uh, very exciting time for for those of us who are parents of children who are moving on to a, another stage in life
0: bigger and better things
1: yeah and so congrats to all of those out there who are graduating high school graduating college moving uh, on to full-time jobs moving into college for the first time it's, yeah. it's exciting Um, and Hey man, the weather took a turn for the hot here recently and, and what a perfect weekend to have some grad parties. So it it
0: was a lot of fun and, uh, good luck. Um, as you explore the next chapter of your life, it's an exciting one. Stay safe. Uh, remember you go to college to get a degree, not to party, um, but, wow, <laughs> is that debatable? Hang on, <laughs> is if that you debatable? Can get a
1: degree while partying, that's okay. Well, you know, time Priorities management though. is
0: everything. Time yeah. management. Titanium says time management. Okay, let's go.
1: go. All right. Well, before we get started this week, we want to always thank our sponsor, Studio GG Studios, home of the Man Band, Corn on the Cob. Uh, we will always put a link to their YouTube page in our show notes. Please visit them. Like, subscribe, thumbs up. Do everything you can to give them some support because they throw tons of support at us. Um, and thank you again for being such a great sponsor of ours. Thank you, Studio GG Studios. We love you. And also to our Patreons, patreon.com slash supertalk. My peeps. Yep, these are the people that decide to... Support the show directly. $1 per episode, they become patrons. And they're now the people that are bringing this episode to you directly. Thank Absolutely. you for supporting us. And if you want to sign up to become a patron, patreon.com supertalk.
0: Yeah, thanks for the support, guys. We really appreciate it. All 450 of you.
1: All right. Well, uh, Titanium, we are two and a half minutes into the scramble to to, to 35 minutes this week uh that we've been challenged to do and and uh we're not gonna get there but uh let's start off we'll get into news and review section yeah um a little bit of news this week about uh dr strange too so you and i kind of have heard some rumblings and there's been some stuff coming some down rumors this week yeah. about that the the villain that's going to be in and and you mentioned this last week titanium that the uh, Doctor Strange 2 really hasn't had any leaks. We haven't seen any behind-the-scenes footage. We haven't gotten any leaks about the movie. We haven't seen any kind of... This leak's oh, pretty
0: big. This leak is huge.
1: This w- and I wouldn't call it really a leak. It was almost a purposeful kind of... Uh, teaser? Spoiler or teaser like from it. the studio. in it. Because like it, it, it came from some pretty reliable sources. Very reliable said, sources. I like it. Said two two main things. That the uh, villain in Doctor Strange 2 is going to be um, Shuma And Shuma is... A cyclopsed octopus-slash-creature. Wow. It is the elder of elder gods, demons of demons. Um, It feasts and feeds on the fears and worship of, you know, disciples. It, It literally is one of kind of the earliest... Big bads in the Marvel Comic universe. And it's almost too big to some extent, but the fact that they're bringing it out now makes me think that they're, they got some big plans for this movie. Yeah. Um, and kind of
0: like a Dormammu yeah. or something.
1: <clears throat> so think of uh, Shumagorath as Dormammu's um, stepfather's grandfather who is in charge of everything. Wow. Yeah. He's a big deal. Dormammu uh, rules over the Dark Dimension. Yeah. Shumagorath rules over kind of the multiverse and has the ability to kind of go wherever he feels like he yeah. wants to go. And, you know, there's there's cults that worship him and he feeds off of the sacrifices they give him. And then, I mean, he's just a bad dude. Um, but to your point, he's a...
0: Cyclops. Tentacled. Tentacled. Yeah, he's eyeball, a monster, basically. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a monster. And it would be interesting to see how they... Uh, perceive that in the movie I mean a, a Cyclops giant green <laughs> well
1: creature it's- and it gets into the title the uh, the multiverse of madness uh, Schumer is definitely um, involved in it's not tied to a specific timeline or specific right um, you know earth realm it's part of the multiverse it, right. it expands all of reality And I think that that's where they're kind of using this villain, saying this is a villain that can cross multiple realities. And they say there's a big tie-in to one of the other characters we know that's going to be in the movie, uh, America Chavez. Yes. Um, And America Chavez is a very complicated character in the comic books was born in a reality that is kind of outside of reality. Okay. It's
0: really hard to explain, but... But she can jump through realities. She can jump through multiverses. She has
1: a superpower that allows her to open up portals into other realities. Yes. So she can freely move between realities. But she was born in a reality, kind of a a universe that's outside of the normal realities. And then... Her parents died and she ended up, you know, becoming part of that reality and then dispersing into the ether and then shows up on our earth is being raised as a normal teenager. And then all yeah. of a sudden, you know, her power kind of manifest. Hispanic girl. Right. Uh, American Chavez who opens up these portals. Um, and uh, she's got some cool powers. I mean, I, and it'll be interesting to see how they introduce her in the movie and how they use her in the movie. Um,
0: well, uh, from what I'm hearing is uh, Shuma Gorth. He is hunting her through the multiverse. He wants to... um, Use her. Well, not just use her, but he wants to extract her powers for himself. Uh, Another thing about Shuma, he can enlarge himself, right? He can get bigger... Ah, uh, to a larger size to be more, uh, more of a threat and more of a, a formidable foe, right? Right. Yeah. So that'll be cool. That'll be. It'll be interesting to see how they do that. But uh, apparently, he is hunting her, and that's part of the storyline. And which that is would make cool. a lot of sense. If yeah.
1: She's got some kind of powers, to kind of, and maybe that's one thing they're doing in the movie is they're jumping between realities, escaping from this the guy. wrath of nice. as he's and and Doctor Strange has to find a way to help her. And uh, I think she ends up being part of. The Young Avengers, to some extent, um, fighting against them a little bit, and then, but maybe, and again, this is another character, a very young actress playing this role. Yeah, maybe this is somebody that ultimately becomes part of that team. We've young always, Avengers, yeah, we've always thought that they're really introducing these younger Marvel characters to kind of put that team together, and maybe this is another example of that. Can't wait for that Phase right. Five. I, that's my prediction, but. Okay, and then we also got a new um, trailer for the Loki series, which uh, starts a week from Wednesday, so uh, June 9th, Wednesday, June 9th is when we get the premiere of Loki. We got another trailer for Marvel.
0: Yeah, a bunch of teaser clips, right? More. Well, clips. we
1: we got the first. It looks like thirty seconds of the first episode. Yeah. We kind of they kind of dropped that to us and showed him being processed into the TVA uh-huh. oh yeah you know and they show him bring brought in by some law enforcement TVA law enforcement officer and gets you know dropped in and his, his clothes get stripped off of him he's like hey hang on a second and it, it, was, it was really cool and and it shows the the seriousness of the situation he's in with the oh TVA. no question yeah.
0: yeah that was exciting uh, I mean those clips uh He's a great actor, by the way. But those clips got me more excited for this show. I can't wait for it. It's uh, we're gonna have a lot to talk about.
1: I, you know, we've talked about Marvel casting and the home runs they've hit with some of these guys. I mean, Tom Hiddleston is yeah. not only a real home run for Marvel, but I think with this series and even going forward, this character is going to continue to pay back and pay dividends. I have no doubts that he'll be in to some extent Thor: Love and Thunder. And we'll see him going forward. And, and and we've talked about this before. They've already greenlit Loki for a season two already. Yeah. And that shows you how much confidence they have that this is going to be a big success. Can't wait. This is going to yeah. be a good show. Yeah. And, and the other big rumor about this is now we heard this week, rumor dropped, that they're going to debut a character in the Loki series that we understand. We, we, we kind of were already teased that this was a character is going to be revealed at some point in time during Marvel Phase 4 but now this is going to be kind of like their next version of a big bad. So we had, you know, Ultron and, and then we had we had Loki originally, then we had Ultron, then we had Thanos. And now, well, who's the next big bad? Well, the next big bad might be Kang the Conqueror. Right. Who's a time-traveling supervillain. Right. And we're now being told that Kang the Conqueror is likely to premiere in the Loki series. That'd in be great. some form or fashion. And we know that that character is going to be in the next Ant Man movie, which comes out. Ant Man of
0: the, the Wasp. Yeah. Beginning
1: yep. of 2023. They've already confirmed that he's right. going to be in there. Yeah. So to have that character debut in the Loki series means, hey, you know, this is setting up maybe something that's coming down the road for the next couple of years with Marvel. Yeah, I agree. Re- really big news.
0: Buckle ups because we're next couple of weeks, we're going to be kind of getting ready and getting in shape we're going to be exercising our uh, nerd brains for uh we're going to have a great run here professor oh, yeah. we're going to have it, a really good it, run the next you know we're we're we got we're in a, a little bit of a
1: lull at the moment and we're scrapping for for content but in the next i'd say two months two and a half months three Ooh. months is going to be awesome. action-packed yeah yeah it's going to be great uh, we also got some news about the new Green Lantern Corps series that's coming to HBO Max. So we we talked about this a few episodes ago. That HBO came out and announced that they were developing a series or a show for HBO Max, featured around the Green Lantern Corps. Now we've always been told that DC is is planning on a Green Lantern Corps movie, right? And that's been rumored, kind of put on the back burner. We're not really sure what the future of that is. There was lots of rumors that Zack Snyder put a version of Green Lantern in his Snyder Cup, but they made him take it out and all these other things. Well, he proved that he did because he
0: had some pictures and footage. And yeah, he was like showing somebody his phone. See, this is what he looked like. And somebody took a snapshot of it.
1: But we do believe that they're making a Green Lantern Corps movie. Yeah, that sometime be cool. in the future, but we know they're making a Green Lantern core series for HBO Max, and I think this is really going to be talking about the Green Lantern core and some of the Green Lanterns from history, and really giving us a backstory so that we can buy into the Green Lantern core themselves. And we got some big casting news this week. They they uh, casted a couple of actors in uh, roles that we know that are coming. So Finn Wittrock is going to be cast as Guy Gardner. So Guy Gardner is is really. A future version of Green
0: Lantern, uh, past the, Hal Jordan, past Hal Jordan, the one and, we know, we all know, most common, the one that Ryan Reynolds played. That's Hal that's Jordan. Hal Jordan. But, right yeah, Guy
1: Gardner was you know kind of the future version of the, right. of, of a, a, a Green Lantern, and then Jeremy Irvine is playing uh, is being cast as Alan Scott, and Alan Scott was the Original Green Lantern in DC Comics uh, back in the Justice Society days when, when Green Lantern was part of JSA. Yeah. Um, you know, Alan Scott, they're going to go back and do the Alan Scott version in this series. So I think that that's great. And we we think that they're doing some version of that Green Lantern in the Stargirl series that's on HBO Max as well. So, I mean, the fact that we're getting more and more Green Lantern content is, is great for oh, DC Oh, no question. Yeah. Great character and great, actually great. Slew of characters across the Green Lantern core.
0: All of them. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see a core movie and focus a little bit on space. Um would yeah. be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. So that was great news. Uh you got some news about Titans, right? Tyson
0: yeah. Season three, the Tysons. Uh the Titans. The Tyson, Mike Tyson? No, not not his family's <laughs> out of it. They they actually got cut from the scene. Um <laughs> but the Titans, uh season three. Uh, is going to launch in August
1: on HBO max,
0: uh, right? HBO max. Yep. Season three. I can't wait for that. Great. That's gonna be awesome. Um,
1: yeah. I know I, I, watched the first two se- seasons originally on the, the DC universe streaming service that DC launched a couple years ago. Uh, they, that kind of eventually all that content made its way to HBO max when HBO and, uh, Warner brothers launched that service uh Titanium got a chance to watch those first two seasons and was well. Like, wow. You
0: wore me down. I was I was very slow to the pull, and you wore me down. You're like, dude, you have to watch this series. You, I'll get to it. I'll get to. I get. To it. And then when I finally did, I binged the shit out of it, That's and great. I was texting you constantly, like, oh man, this is good. This isn't bad. This is yeah. great. This is good. Yeah, good, was good
1: actors and actresses. Yeah. Great characters. Some smoke shows. Smoke shows. Um,
0: A couple of disappointing characters, but um, overall, I, I really liked it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the fact that season three not only was being made during the coronavirus pandemic, but now is. It's going to be launching in August. It's yeah. great news. Now we get some new content coming to HBO Max in August. This is fantastic. Yeah. And Literally, we're it's re- to win to for our DC. list of stuff that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and about. it's a win
0: for DC. They yeah. need it, right? They're a little slow.
1: And I also did hear that uh, Young Justice, the animated series that was uh, on HBO Max last year, um, highly successful, has three seasons now. Um, its fourth season is just finishing up now, and whether that launches later this year or mm-hmm. early next year, they're just finishing that up as oh, well. So great. the fact that that is being done, and I mean, that's one of the best animated series that yeah. DC's ever put out. Is Young Justice, Batman,
0: the the long Halloween, right? Yeah. That's coming out,
1: and that well, that's coming to Blu Ray DVD in the July June July timeframe, and then we should see that in HBO Max probably in the fall. at some Yeah, point that'd time be great as well.
0: Um, That trailer looked kick-ass, though, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Long Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, that looks great. And then you got another one
1: that came out this week, right?
0: Yeah, Batgirl. uh, They finally, I think they're moving forward with it. I mean, um, you know, Josh Whedon was tied to it for a little bit, and he was going to do it because of his his background with Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer and, and the success of that. I think they wanted him to do a Batgirl movie. Um, and then it kind of died on the vine. And this uh, is the well, Barbara
1: Gordon version of Backer? Barbara
0: Gordon okay. version. So they just signed, and I don't know their names, but they just signed the two directors that did miss Marvel for Disney plus to this project. So they're actually moving forward with this project, which is great because, uh, although I liked, uh, Batwoman on the CW, the first couple of episodes, and then it kind of died for me and I lost interest. Um, and what a, then what
1: a joke that's been! It, it's I mean, been awful. They had Ruby Rose cast as, as Bat,
0: and I liked her. I thought she, she was did good, great,
1: and she just lost interest, and the ratings weren't fantastic. Um, she ended up leaving the show. They recast the the actress to play, yeah. and, and now it's an African American woman playing Batwoman.
0: Great um, actress, but the show just ugh, it, it does nothing, it,
1: it's just really empty, somewhat empty, yeah. Um, but yeah, Batgirl. I mean, we, we grew up watching Batgirl on sure. the the you know the the '60s television show with, yeah. with um, um, what's his name Adam West Adam West version sure. yeah, yeah I mean the Barbara Gordon you know Batgirl with the red hair red wig she'd put under her uniform was and there's some great
0: actors in in that Batwoman series on CW it just I I think I hate to say it but I think the writing is very weak yeah and I think it's just it's a shame well because and, that's and, a great and character and, but know, I'm hoping they. They saved themselves with this movie, um, and that'll be great. The, the directors that they have, those guys are awesome.
1: So the showrunner for Arrow and Flash is a gentleman by the name of Greg Berlanti, and and he does a lot of the writing as long, as well as a, a lot of the um, story development for both of those shows. Okay, and so they call the 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 CW show the, the Arrowverse. They kind of show those shows are now. The, the Berlanti-verse, right? Right. And so Batwoman and you know Legends of Tomorrow, and now um, it's Superman and Lois, yeah. right? That's a new show. A lot of those shows were built upon Arrow and Flash as kind of their core. Sure. And Greg Berlanti was very involved in both of those shows. Now, these new shows that came about, like Batwoman, were like, oh, well, we'll just add another one. Yeah. And he can't touch all of them. Right. And so, to your point, they assign these writers and showrunners to these new shows and properties. Say, hey, we now have a new show. You go, go do it. And Greg Berlanti's not really as much in, involved in those, and yeah. I think they suffer. Yeah, of course bit. they did. Right. Okay. Well, let's get into the uh, topic of the week this week. Uh, decided to pick something kind of interesting, and, and we and uh, Titanium and I've talked this, about this several times in the past, but there are a number of instances where the MCU Marvel comic cinematic universe has deviated from the comics and whether it's the history of that character or the history of um, that scenario or villain in the comics, they've deviated. And sometimes it works it, it, for good reason. No question. They deviate.
0: Well, because it continues and builds on a storyline that they're trying to achieve. Right.
1: Right. But sometimes it's like, wh- and there are enough, especially early on, when when Marvel movies first started coming out, you know this is, and I'm not, I'm going back maybe as far as the first X Men movie back in 2000. Um, Marvel comic nerds were just like, you better be accurate to the comics and the history and the characters, and if you go off, you know, base a little bit, you know, we're gonna yeah. hold you to it. And I think Kevin Feige when he did Iron Man he kind of gained a little bit of uh, leverage to say, you know, I'm going to respect the history in the comic books. And right. I'm going I'm to pull from it right. and I'm going to use it when it makes sense, but I'm not going to be holding to it when it doesn't make sense.
0: Well, it, it definitely puts up the safety rails and guardrails on a story when you start you know, forcing yourself to obey by the comic rules and sometimes it's just not realistic, and people, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and what makes sense in print
1: may not necessarily may not make, make sense, sense. in the movies.
0: You can't keep bringing dead dead superheroes back every Well, and second. some of
1: these characters were developed in the 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. and 80s, and now we're in modern times, and technology's yeah. change, And yeah. so some of the explanations for how things happened back then really don't kind of carry weight today. I know, I
0: know this first one irritates the shit out of you.
1: Well, there's a few of them. Here.
0: So, <laughs> but this first one, I think really, irritates. yeah, well,
1: well, so I wanted to do is, is just, and I'm not going to jump into all of them because there's a ton of these examples and we could go endlessly talk about them, but let's not. Yeah. There's some that I do want to touch on. And, and the first one is the character Spider-Man. Um, and, as everybody that listens to this show and is involved with any of these movies, there's three different iterations of Spider Man in the movies. There's the early Sam Raimi, Toby, Toby McGuire version of Spider Man. Yeah. Eventually, that was retired for the Andrew Garfield version of The Amazing Spider Man. Yeah. And we had two movies from him. And then we went into the Tom Holland version of Spider Man when Marvel Studios came involved. Right. Yeah. And so there's some character things that happened with each one of those that kind of were deviations from the comic book, we'll say, history. Um, the first one, the Toby Maguire, we'll say the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1 from Toby Maguire, did a great job of selling his backstory and showing how he got his powers by being bitten by a radioactive spider. Yep. And we saw the death of Very Uncle Ben. Very comic
0: book true.
1: We did the complete origin story. We saw the death yeah. of Uncle Ben and how it drove him to... Um, you know, understand his responsibility, the powers he got. It was all great. Well, one of the things they did with that character was, and Sam Raimi... With great
0: power comes great responsibility.
1: But Sam Raimi explained this after the fact. He said, um, it just didn't make sense that, you know, a teenage kid would be able to develop these, like, web shooters, right? And why would he? So what they did was they had toby Maguire's character a version of spider-man he had this little spot on his wrist that once he got bit by the spider it was kind of weird and that's how he learned that webs would shoot out of his wrist and yeah. it was like they made it more of a natural yeah. part of his mutation like a,
0: like a real spider would shoot out of this gooey spot right. on his wrist both wrists had this gooey webby spot that he could shoot webs out of yeah and so as a comic book fan, it was one of those things
1: was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 And, and it, for a couple of reasons. One, the reason why Peter Parker is such a great character is because not and only special. is he a, a bitten by a radioactive spider, has the powers of a spider and all he's those other things. He's a boy great, genius. He's a scientist. He's, he's a kid who's a boy genius. And he developed and invented this web fluid that he eventually could, you know, factor into a, a a a thing around his wrist that he could shoot from his wrists, and it was like one of the great things about him as a character in the comics. And right. then that Toby McGuire version just kind of completely discounted that. And it's also one of those kind of great things that they use in the comics, where like, oh, if we can disable his web shooters as a villain, you know, if I can disable his web shooters, then I'm gonna, you know, take something away from him that he won't ever have before again. Um, and so I felt that that was kind of a... Uh, just did, did a disservice to the character.
0: And they have done that in the movie a couple of times where they have disabled his web shooters. Right. Electro and kind of
1: shocking. Yeah. Well, that was in the Andrew Garfield. Right. Well, but what they did with Andrew Garfield with, with that kind of part of his character, um, they showed that Oscorp was experimenting on these radioactive spiders, which... Kind of, they showed that he got his powers that way too. Yeah. But these radioactive spiders were now they found that there's this one spider that they that was radioactive that could create these incredibly high dense tensile strength you know webs. Yeah. And Andrew Garfield's character goes in and steals these capsules of the fluid that those experimental spiders created and used them to create this web shooter. Yeah. And I'm like. Okay, so he stole a technology that Obscorp developed to, like, make web... I'm like, that's not what Peter Parker would do. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that kind of made me kind of upset about that whole thing. And I think they got... It, they ended up getting it right with Toby Maguire's character, right? So they showed... Um, and this, even as far back as when he first showed up in, in uh, Civil War, and they showed that he was, you know... Some, he was a tinkerer. He'd bring all these computer parts home, would do all these crazy things when yeah. and, and Tony Stark was talking to him in his apartment. But in uh, the first movie, Homecoming, they showed him in his classroom. He'd like pull the drawer out and he's like, you know, mixing up this new formula for the web fluid. And then it was like this stuff bubbling up. And every, so that showed that he was assigned, he developed this stuff on his own. Yeah, which is cool. And so they were a little more true to that um, yeah. in there. And, then, and you and I've talked about this before, also the, the whole fact that they never ever ever have addressed spider sense as a power or ability there's been some a couple scenes in some of the movies where you feel that the
0: character has
1: a spider sense
0: yeah but they never really Maguire to... saw the car coming through the cafe right when doc ock threw it at him um but did andrew garfield he kind of had somewhat Not of a spider really sense. well and it, then that it, one scene in in infinity
1: war when when to when um when Tom Holland's sitting in the bus and his you know ar- hairs raised up on his arms, yeah. you know they they make that seem like, but the fact they never
0: if you remember the the old called car- the Spidey Tingle, remember Ant Man called Spidey Tingle.
1: If you remember back in um in the late eighties, mid to late eighties, there was a show on t- a cartoon on television called Spider Man and His Amazing Friends. Uh-huh. It was Spider Man and Iceman and F- Firestar. Okay, and they had this cartoon and. You know, he would come on, on the cartoon and said, Oh, my spider sense is tingling. I can tell something's going on or something's happening. Right. They've never gone into that in any of the movies. Yeah. And I think it, they've lost on the fact that, and you and know, I have talked about this before, it's one of his greatest superpowers. The sure. fact that he's got this spider sense, it kind of tells him when things are wrong. Yeah. But also he can sense when things are, punches are coming or when bullets are being shot at him or whatever. And the fact they've never really developed that as a power is something I think they've they've missed out missed on. Missed the, the boat. In comics. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Iron Man. Uh, we saw in Iron Man 3, um, so we know that uh, the, the original Iron Man 1 movie in the MCU, um, he gets hit by one of these his own missiles and shrapnel goes into his chest. Yeah. And the only way that he's alive is uh, he gets a electromagnet put into his chest and it keeps the shrapnel away from his heart.
0: Yeah, that's the doctor with whatever he could muster up Created this to to help him keep him alive. Box of
1: scraps. Yes, a box <laughs> of scraps. Yeah.
0: But uh, and
1: and and then Tony eventually develops the arc reactor, a mini arc a mini arc reactor. arc reactor that he puts into his chest that functions not only as a power source for the suit but also functions as an electromagnetic magnet and keeps those shrapnel pieces away from his heart. Well, in Iron Man three. We see that at the end of the movie, he decides to go in and finally have surgery to remove the shrapnel from his chest and like decouple the need for him to have that arc reactor in his body to yeah. kind of keep him alive. Right. Um, that never happened in the comics. Yeah, The fact that he has shrapnel so close to his heart and the fact that that arc reactor in his chest is the one thing that's keeping him alive and is something that's part of his body has always been that way in the comics. It's always... So the fact that they removed it from him, a yeah. little bit kind of different from what's happened in the comics in the history. Yeah,
0: and I think they did that because they wanted to introduce, um, you know, micro... The nanotech. The nanotech stuff, yeah. 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 Which was kind of cool. I mean, I, I guess it also played into the storyline where that old art reactor technology was also killing him at some point and he had in to iron develop man 2, yeah and right? iron man 2 and he had to develop um you know basically a new element to um to 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 source to to run the arc reactor right so that's kind of cool I, I get that uh, that doesn't bother me as much as spider-man <laughs> yeah. web shooters from his wrist
1: and there's an, there's another part of Tony and there's some big deviations between Tony Stark, the character in the comic books, and the Tony Stark we've seen in the MCU. Primarily because of how great of an actor Robert Downey Jr. is, he yeah. really brought some parts of to that character that we never saw in the comics. Sure, and it's just because he's such a great actor.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but one of the things that they never explored in the movies, and I kind of understand why. Um. So, Tony Stark in the comic books is a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And this was something they really explored back in the, say, very early to mid-80s. They went through a whole run in the comic books with Iron Man where, you know, he is a playboy, philanthropist, you know, all the same things that we saw in the movies. But then he became, he was an alcoholic. And he really couldn't come to grips with it, and eventually did he get into a
0: car accident and was paralyzed? Started or tearing him down. You know, Either yeah. he had
1: a big accident, and hurt some people, yeah. and, and so they went through this whole thing in the I mean this redemption arc in the comics with him around alcohol, and he be, be, basically became dry and just never used it again.
0: And that's something that never explored in the movies because Robert Downey Jr. went through it in real life. And the fact <laughs> that
1: that was what I was getting at yeah. is the fact that we have a reco- recovering drug addict playing this character. Yeah. What a great, powerful message. They And and again, they just didn't have enough time to do it, maybe. But um, that's just something that I know of the character in the comics that was never explored in the movies. Um, Okay, next one. Ant-Man and the Wasp. So this is one of the big ones here. And when we first heard that the Ant-Man movie was coming out, we were all excited about it. Because the Ant-Man and the Wasp character were originally founding members of the Avengers.
0: They were original Avengers. Original yeah. Avengers. And the they original barely touched
1: on Avengers that. number one was Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp. That yep. was it. Yep. That's the team, right? Yep. And so, oh, we're finally getting an Ant-Man character. Well, great. And then we found out that they were doing the Scott, Scott Lang. Lang version of Not Ant-Man. Not Hank like, Pym. Hang on a second. Hank No Hank Pym? Yeah. And, you know, Hank Pym was the original member of the Avengers, the original Ant-Man, and Janet Van Dyne, the original Wasp. Wasp. And they eventually had a relationship and fell in love and you had a daughter and all these other things. Scott Lane didn't come until decades later. Yeah. And, you know, Hank Pym was so pivotal in some of the storylines of the Avengers, the creation of Ultron, um, you know, becoming Giant Man. and I mean, He created Ultron. Yeah, right, yeah. And, that, and that was the other thing, is that yeah. now you it can't... It wasn't
0: Tony Stark and Bruce Banner.
1: Yeah, you can't explain Hank Pym's creation of Ultron,
0: because and now And please don't take this the wrong way. We we love the, the representation in the MCU, no question, but it did deviate drastically from the comic. Well, what Marvel
1: decided to do is they decided to take Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne and make them Cold War heroes. Yeah. So they were those characters in the Cold War and they were founding members of Shield, Shield. and all these other things, mm-hmm. but they're now older and the new generation of, you know, Hope Van Dyne and Scott Lang are going to become the Ant-Man and Wasp that we know today. And I was just like, wow, that is really huge deviation from the comic books. And again, Hank Pym has been such a huge pivotal character in the Avengers and the comics forever. I just felt that that was really strange that they chose to do that. Yeah. And Michael Douglas has done a great job with the Hank Pym character. Yeah, but
0: you know, big deviation from the comics. That was
1: just kind of one of those things. I was like, wow, that's kind of strange. Um, Vision. So we talked about Ultron being created by Hank Pym in the comics, and and in the movies, it was created by Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. And then we saw how Vision was created in the MCU in um, in the Age of Ultron movie. Uh, it was created by Vision to kind of be a, a body for his... Ultron. You know,
0: created by Ultron. Uh,
1: created by Ultron. Vision was created by Ultron to be a body for his mind. Yeah. A new body made out of vibranium. In the comic books, Vision was created by Ultron to destroy the Avengers. So eventually Hank Pym created Ultron. He was, used, was experimenting with artificial intelligence. Ultron eventually became sentient and started upgrading himself and said, I'm going to create a synthesoid a humanoid kind of being that has some human, human features and thoughts, and I'm going to implant it inside of the Avengers and he's going to destroy them from the inside. And eventually vision kind of became sentient and his, the human part of him that Ultron created made him realize that what Ultron was doing is wrong. And this was kind of one of the things that never went through in the comics as well. So that was kind of strange. Um, One of the things we've talked about this before uh, Jarvis, who is Tony Stark's kind of event uh, uh, avenge- was originally Tony Stark's AI uh, AI system, AI system yeah, in his it suit ran everything. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bettany voiced that character for for many many years in Iron Man one, two, and three. Yeah. Ultimately, Paul Bettany Vision. became uh, Vision because yeah. uh, Jarvis's you know system was put into Vision. Um, but Jarvis in the comic books is a human. It's yeah. the butler that works at Avengers Mansion. Yeah. That's the name of the butler is Jarvis. So Jarvis being the AI system in the suit was something that Marvel did. It's kind of, I mean, for them to have a human butler in the movies would have been kind of weird. Old right? school, old right. fashioned, yeah. Right, so then... Although they, you did
0: see him in that, when he goes back in time to get yes. the Tesseract. You saw He's his the, father. His father's driver. Father, yes. Driver,
1: right? And we saw him in the um, Agent Carter television series yeah. on ABC. His mm-hmm. name was Jarvis. So uh, Tony Stark ultimately named the AI system after that version of Jarvis. Um, but anyway, it was one of those things that was kind of weird. But at the same time, it was it just made so much sense yeah. that they didn't really ever do that in the comics. Um, we saw this in um, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 2, Star-Lord's father was in the movies, um, Ego the Living Planet, not the case in the comic books it was actually jason the spartex which is a kind of a a king of a foreign or space-based uh race of individuals uh they decided to use eagle living planet because of kind of plot points they were doing around celestials and things like that and which was I think if they introduced Jason to Spartax, that we, they would have had to go through this big character development and right. make, understand. But Eagle Living Planet made so much sense. And the way they did it in Volume 2 was, was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it was very cool. And it answered a lot of questions. And um, the fact that he's this celestial and this ancient being and he now Star-Lord is part of him, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And that, they
1: used that to, as a way to explain why he was able to hold the Power Stone and not die and all yes. those other things, right?
0: Not bad. I, that might have been an upgrade. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think the the origin of him in the in the comic books was just kind of one of those things that just kind of threw in, and
0: they said, "Hey, we'll make something better." Right. Yeah. Now, this one, I'm sorry, I need to jump in here real quick. Yeah. This one kind of irritated me. Oh, when it first happened. When it first happened, we were pissed. I, yeah. We were pissed. We were pissed. Although, love Ben Kingsley. I think he's a brilliant actor. And did so let's tell that, people what we're talking about first. Okay. Go ahead.
1: In Iron Man Two. The trailers to the movie, the lead up to the movie, of the eventual movie itself was establishing the Mandarin as the big bad of Iron Man 2.
0: Which in the comics is a huge And big we bag. were
1: so bought in. Yes. We were like, oh my God, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, I'm sorry, not Iron yeah. Man 2, Iron Man 3. And we were so bought in because we were like, oh my God, the Mandarin is one of Iron Man's Huge. Biggest yeah. uh, uh, adversaries in the comic books. Yeah. It's just like this is going to be so fantastic. Yeah, this is awesome. and the trailers and everything we're talking about. And Ben Kingsley thing. was and like Mandarin. Ben Kingsley played oh Iron going to be awesome. Gandhi. <laughs> and then you know what the 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 pump fake double fake they did with us in the movies and basically what a twist. Uh, what a twist. It it was uh, uh, Al Gore Killian, uh, yeah. who was in charge of AIM. Had hired an actor to play this character, and it Aldridge was all killing. fake. Aldridge killing, uh-huh. it was all fake, and it was a way um, for them to kind of get Tony Stark, kind of you know, bought into the fact that there was this big bad out uh. there, and we were all like, "Are you? How did you do this to that character? What a twist!" And um, he's some a- a half bit actor that they hired. Uh, and Ben Kingsley was so good in that movie. But then we find out that as
0: Trevor Slattery. Trevor Slattery, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm an actor. I'm, 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 what are you doing? Don't, don't okay don't, okay don't okay, okay okay. Wait. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but then they Marvel released after that movie a one shot, which is kind of like a ten minute video they released on YouTube. Yeah. That showed somebody walking into Trevor Slattery's uh, prison cell, interviewing him. And it was a member of the the Ten Rings, the uh, real the gang real uh, ten of the Mandarin Ten Rings Association, and said, you know, you stole somebody's name, yeah. and he's not happy, right? And uh, you're going to pay for that. And
0: which, by the way, when Tony Stark was uh, kidnapped or taken. The the in Iron was, Man one in Iron Man one the ten rings symbol was behind they associated that ten that that symbol that with group those,
1: was associated with the, the, the ones who stole
0: him yeah the, the ten rings yeah.
1: right and and again I think they're going to correct this and we we assume and we've been told they're they going to be fixing this and showing us the real Mandarin in the Shang Chi movie yeah um, that being said they're changing the Mandarin story from the comic books. In a couple of ways, one, it sounds like or it looks like they're making the Mandarin Shang Chi's father, yeah, or who raised Shang Chi at yeah. least, at a minimum, which was absolutely not what happened in the comic books. No. And the Ten Rings of Power were now bracelets. physical rings, yeah. and it looks like they're going to be bracelets, and alien letters. rings, right? They were alien rings, came down from an alien craft, and they each had. And we'll kind of get into that when we get into that movie a little bit, but. Uh, so they're making some changes there. But the fact that we're getting the real Mandarin, we're, we're excited
0: And about. we promised during that movie, when we start reviewing it, we'll go over the comic version oh, yeah. and what happens in we'll, the movie. We'll, we'll talk
1: through that for sure. Um, next one, Black Widow. And
0: You've said this to me before about yeah. Black Widow, and I was shocked because I never knew it. And I never put it together.
1: They never touched on it in... Any of the early, so we first, if you remember, we first saw um, Black Widow as a character in the movies, in the MCU, in Iron Man 2.
0: Yeah, she was like a spy.
1: Right. And then we ultimately saw her in, in Avengers, and then all the Avengers movies going forward. And ultimate Captain America, um, Winter Soldier. Yeah. We saw her character many, many times over. What people don't know is that um, there was a little bit of a scene or a background scene in um, Age of Ultron. Where uh, the Scarlet Witch messed with her mind, she had to go back. She kind of went back yeah. and was reviewing her time in the Red Room yeah. and all that other. Well, that ballet and shooting a gun. And, and, and we're, we're hopefully going to be getting some more information about this in the Black Widow the Red movie Room, that's yeah. coming out. Yeah, we, we the will. Red Room and the in the system that she was part of. But that system does enhance those individuals that's in that program. So yeah. we've always assumed that Black Widow was just a spy and she could fight and she could shoot and all these other yeah, like she, Hawkeye. She is enhanced. She has. Now, she's not as enhanced as Captain America. Right. Right. So she's not as strong or as capable as Captain America. But she does have some enhanced speed and strength and, and abilities. And agility. Right. And these are brought on by some of the experiments they did on the people in the Red Room and maybe some super soldier serum they were using there. And we'll find that. And we, we hope and we think that this is
0: coming in the Black Widow movie. I think so. Yeah. The Red and Guardian, um, the character in this movie is also kind of enhanced. So, yeah, I think so. But I never put it together. That's right. that's awesome. OK. Um, and one of the other the last ones here, uh, Carol Danvers. So we
1: talked about this when Captain Marvel, um, the movie came out. They showed her getting her powers from So the spaceship that Marvel in the movie built. Yes. The thrust component was based the on the power engine from the, the Tesseract. The engine was yeah. based on a, a something that they had drawn from the Tesseract. Yeah. And when that engine exploded, it inundated Carol Danvers with this, you know. Cosmic energy that gave her her powers, right? Yeah. Based on something from the Tesseract. (laughs) In the comic books, Carol Danvers is half Cree. Her mom is a Cree and her father is a, like a Navy pilot. Okay. And she didn't know that her mom was Cree. And later on, she's, you know, becomes part of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the government and all these other things. She's working on a project and is working with, um, a doctor, Doctor Larson, Lawson. So Doctor Lawson
0: is who, right? In the movie, in the, the movie yeah.
1: was the person that she was Annette Benning. Annette Benning, uh-huh. but Doctor Lawson in the comics was Marvell, the original Captain Marvel. Yes, who is a Cree, and he's disguised himself to be a human so that he could interact with human beings. And so they're interacting, and all these other what ends up happening is Jan Rog kidn- kidnaps Carol Danvers. To trap Marvel at some point in time, and she gets thrown into this machine called the Psyche Magnetron, and it scrambles her DNA and unlocks her hidden Kree powers. Wow! And that's how she gets her powers in the comic so books. Different. And, and it literally, uh, it takes a couple months later before those manifest themselves. And as a matter of fact, when she first gets her powers in the comic books, she has now dual personality disorder. So when she wakes up and becomes Captain Marvel with her powers. The other version of her, Carol Danvers, has no idea that that ever happened. So Captain Marvel would go out and do something and save somebody, and then come back to her apartment and go to sleep, and then Carol Danvers would wake up and never knew anything happened. It was one of these (laughs) dual personality things, and eventually they merged them together so she knew she was Captain Marvel and all this other stuff. But the way she got her powers and and how she got them and, and the fact that she's half Cree. Is something that's in the comics. It's very different. Big deviation. Big deviation. And again, I think that was M- the Marvel, Marvel Studios, making the Infinity Stones slash Infinity Gems kind of make sense in the MCU. Working it kind into of, the storyline. Hey, line. you know, we've got some characters like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver and Vision who have powers from the Mind Stone. we got people like... Captain Marvel had powers from the Space Stone, you yeah. know, and and we get some of that. So I, it was a way it was convenient, yeah. And I think, it, but it worked. I mean, again, did I'm not upset about it. Yeah. It worked, right? Yeah. All right, and then the last one uh, we saw in uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Stormbreaker. Thor got a new weapon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So Mjolnir was destroyed in Ragnarok. Uh, he needed a new weapon to fight Thanos. Uh, he goes to Eitri, the dwarf. Uh, and etri creates a new weapon for him in end game called stormbringer and it's uh this incredible axe that is you know as good as as mjolnir and, and it can, can summon, summon the, the bifrost and yeah. all that so stormbringer the weapon in the comic books stormbreaker right storm uh, bring,
0: uh stormbreaker okay stormbreaker yeah you wrote stormbringer but i think it's stormbreaker okay okay we'll check
1: that we'll we'll, we'll go back and check that after okay. the fact. um It was um, a weapon that was created by Odin and given to Beta Ray Bill.
0: That's a huge deviation. So
1: in the comic books, there was a character, Beta Ray Bill. um, He was part of a race of beings whose world was basically just destroyed. And he wanted revenge on those who destroyed his earth. And he he wanted the power that Thor had. They, Thor and him ended up fighting, and he beat Thor and became worthy of of Mjolnir. Right. And eventually, Odin said, yes, you're not only worthy of Mjolnir, but you're worthy of you know, you know revenge against your fam- family's atrocities and all these other things. We'll create this weapon for you, and he gave him that weapon. So he created it for Beta Ray Bill. We haven't seen Beta Ray Bill well, yet. Well, we saw the face a beta bill in on ragnarok. the statue of thor ragnarok yeah. and they've been talking about that maybe we'll see a version of him in Thor: thor love and Thund- thunder but cool um that's a huge storyline i know I've, I've got those comics and i've given them to you. you've read through those but yeah. that's a great story from the comic books yeah it's awesome um all right well that's kind of some things that are different in the movies and different in the comics very
0: cool i think that's
1: interesting as shit i love that stuff All right, 46 minutes. Uh, Do you hear something? I hear a bell. All right, well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back next week for more Super Talk. To get in touch with us on social media, hit us up via email at supertalkpodcast at outlook.com or at supertalkpod on Twitter. Until then, stay super, everyone.